Welcome everyone back again to the Scum and Villainy podcast. It's good to hear from you. You asked, we answered, Wave 4 came out, we're going to talk about it. Um, Scott, Greg, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Yeah, doing great. Yeah, once again, I am uh, Richard White Kelvin Tiberius. Um, we also have with this Greg join Vincent Duncan and Scott Mr. Froggy Williams. Um, so, guys, uh, Wave 4 just popped out. Oh, yeah, I am stoked about Wave 4. I'm really excited about the new Imperial options, obviously. Um, I, I enjoy the Z95 Headhunters, too. I like the idea of the Rebels getting some low-cost point options as far as being able to build their own swarms or being able to complement some of their larger ships and have true anchor squads in the same way that the Imperial Army has that option. It might actually get me playing more Rebels. Who knows? Huh. You just want to know what they can do because you're afraid, uh, you're afraid of uh, me having a swarm now. I do fear that, yes. <laughs> Excellent. I'm actually not so stoked about uh, Wave 4. Um, Scott, how do you feel about it? Uh, I'm... I like what's happening in Wave 4. I think it's it's going to give us uh, whole new options. Um, but some things, I think, are going to stay the same in terms of, like, for Imperials. Like, they have a, a big ship and, like, a mini swarm. I think some of these, like the Defender or the Phantom, might be, you know, where they spend a lot of points and then have a mini swarm to support it. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to shake things up. For me, I'm just kind of, I'm curious, you know, like, not curious, I'm just kind of upset. Like, I don't like the the E-Wing and its design. I never thought, it, I mean, it didn't look cool um, to me. And I don't really like the, the, the TIE Phantom because all I can think of was the awful Rebel Alliance 2 and <laughs> the Phantom, like... You never like. Have we seen the Phantom in Star Wars anywhere other than that game? Does anybody uh, know? Probably I extended heard, I... universe books somewhere. I'm sure, but that is that's my connection to it as well as Rebel Alliance too. And you know, I was young when those games came out, so I was rather entertained by them. Um, they certainly don't stand up by any standard as much. Yeah, to me, but... the the Tie Defender in both Tie Fighter and any anywhere the Tie Defender shows up, it's like the you know the cheat code and rock paper scissor it's like the <laughs> nuclear explosion compared to everything else like i know i know they have it expensive in x-wing but i feel like the tie fighter should have been 100 points based on what it did in the tie fighter game you know the tie defender's just rolling around everything it's got ion cannons it's got missiles it has everything you could ever want it to do yep shields as well yep yeah, it's no fairly kidding. quick uh yeah it's like one of the fastest ships in the game so um yeah well, um, to kind of go through um, the new ships, uh, do you guys want to do, I, I suppose asking either of you two is a bad idea since one's going to say Rebel, one's going to say Imperial. I'm going to go ahead and uh, we'll start off with the Z95. Two attack, two agility, two hull, two shields, 12 points at the cheapest. What do you guys think? Uh, I think this is a lot of fun. I, I was I was hoping that they would do this for, um, for the Rebels to... Um, to so that they could pull off a swarm, um, but you can do eight ships. Yeah, if you wanted. To. Yeah, you could. I don't know that you're going to do that though. Um, but I, I mean, who knows? They, they someone might. Um, it'll it'll get you it'll know, get tried. Someone's going to try it. You know I can't. Will. I can't imagine it not being done personally. Yeah. 
So, um, have you guys seen the new, uh, what is it, the Ion Pulse missiles? Oh, love it. Yes. What do you think about that? I, three? They cost three. Yes. I like <laughs> that there's a three-point missile. There could be some serious utility explored in those. I don't know if I am intensely excited about them, though. Uh, they're interesting. Being able to double up a fo- or a Ion token on a ship immediately is very handy. It could be a great, like I said, utility sort of an ace in the hole against large ships. It could really give you a a turn worth of the upper hand if you're choosy about when you use it. So either you guys see that uh, it doesn't spin the target lock to to use it to attack? Yes. That is is mm, 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 good. Um, Scott, uh, I have a question for you. I mean... The, the the world now knows that you're either a wizard or a hacker or <laughs> some sort of like investigative journalist where like you go in like and you have like an FFG like uniform just so you can go in and sneak in and steal the cards and find out what's hey, going on. Hey, you're giving my trade secrets away here. Man. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just guessing <laughs> here. Uh, have you uh, used your little enhanced tool and figured out if uh, anything else? I know you mentioned something's about. A munitions fail something. It's I'm pretty sure it's munitions fail safe. Yeah. Um, I not sure what it's going to do. I, I I think it's probably going to be some sort of like gunner esque kind of ability. Like if you miss, you get you get a second shot with that same um, missile or torpedo. I, I think that's probably good. Do we know the points on that? No. Yeah, oh, man. I'm just like, how much would you pay? I- I'm to thinking be able it's to fire probably one or two again? points. Like, for two points, it, if two it'd points. be two points at the most, uh, at what we're thinking is the most expensive, wouldn't that make assault missiles seven points? Yeah. But man, I mean, if you can almost ensure that you're gonna hit with uh, an assault missile, that's not a. That, I mean, that doesn't sound awful. No. It's certainly nothing to sneeze at. The additional damage you can rack up from that can be pretty monumental. Yep. Do you, we know anything else coming out uh, for uh, the Z95? Yeah, so I looked at some of the pilots, and I have some ideas on who they're going to be. So there's we know the Bandit Squadron. That's mm-hmm. the, the PS2 one, the 12.1. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the PS4 is Tala Squadron. Mm-hmm. Um and then the PS6 pilot, I I think is going to be Lieutenant Blout. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm curious about the 12 point Z95 coming in at PS2. As far as swarm options, part of the beauty of the swarm is being able to get in your opponent's way at that PS1. Mm-hmm. How do we feel as far as what does the Z95 lose versus the equivalent point TIE Fighter when it comes to coming in at that oh, PS2? I, is that a big deal? You know, that's I, I think that PS2 actually helps the A-Wing. Um, because the A-Wings have the one, three... Um, progression where the Z95 has the 2-4. If I think if the Z95 came in at 1, um, it would be... I think it would just eke out the... Um, the yeah, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather they be 1. Absolutely. Um, you'd rather that the Z95s be 1s? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I think the problem with that, I think Scott's right, since they can equip a missile... 
if you bring them in at PS1 and that cheap, you make the A-Wing obsolete pretty yeah. hard. Yeah. It's not, not what they're looking for, I don't think. Uh, Although, I mean, the A-Wing does have a maneuverability. I mean, we have to remember about the Z-95 that it's like a, a baby X-Wing, essentially. It's not a super maneuverable ship, as I'm to understand it. No, it never was in, in any of the games. Although... Um, it's supposed to be older than the X-Wing, too. Yeah. Um, I think the Z-95 is going to have a, a hard one, though. That And that's an awesome maneuver. I think that's one of the best maneuvers in the game. Yeah, because it says in the thing, in the like flavor text, that the Z-95 ha- um, had a tighter turn than the X-Wing. Okay. So and the X-Wing does come in at that too hard turn. So that's not a bad theory uh, based on flavor text, and I guess that's what we have to go off of. Yeah. I, I am worried about uh, the A-Wing getting outclassed just because, I mean, I keep looking at, you know, the, one of my favorite squads right now um, is the Imperial Methadone, you know, 2A3B squad. And I keep looking at these Z-95s, yeah. I keep looking at these Z-95s and thinking... Instead of two A, I could have three Z, and I could have six ships. And uh, there's a little part of me in the back that like loves swarms and loves just like being a bee's nest of awful for my enemy. Uh-huh. And it's starting to cackle every time I look at this bandit squadron card. Because the fun I feel- thing about armies and fighting is that it's one of the few arenas where quantity over quality is actually worthwhile from time to time. It's been something that many empires have basically conquered large portions of land, basically throwing their peasants at people. Are they very well-trained soldiers? No, but there's a whole lot of them, and they got pointy objects. <laughs> Somebody's going to hit the target. Yeah, the beauty of of, <laughs> uh, of what would be 3Z, what is it, 3Z, two rookies, and a B, I think. But you get three three-attack die ships that are pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... So excited. I cannot wait. It's going to be an awesome squad, and it's going to wreck everyone, and I can't Well, if you do the breakdown on attack dice, man, that's 15 attack dice. Is there another squad that offers that at this point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of attack dice. The the thing that you lose with the Z95 um, from the A-Wing, though, is the boost. Um, Boost and, and blocking. Yeah, you don't have a you don't even like have a barrel roll like the Thai uh, fighters do. Right. Well, um, that we are going to go from uh, the incredibly cheap and incredibly flimsy Z95s to what looks to be a pretty sturdy ship in the E wing. Um, the E wing we know is three attack dice, three agility, two hull, and three shields. Um, I know that there's at least one PS1 version, and it starts out at 27 points, because my enhanced tools, my eyeballs, at least work that well. Um, Scott, uh, do you got anything uh, good for us on the E-Wing? Um, so there's, yeah, we know the first, the PS1 is the Nave Squadron, mm-hmm. and then I'm pretty sure the PS3 is Black Moon mm-hmm. Squadron, and then there's, I don't know how to pronounce the PS5 guy's name, Etana Bot. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it's, it. Uh, yeah, bot. I'm going to go with that for now. Uh, Everybody uh, pronounces Ibtisum differently, so... Yeah. Uh, and then there's a Colonel something on PS8, but I, I'm not sure. Man, the thing about it is... like, it, it. I think the E-Wing will be able to take 
you know, the star role out of what used to be, say, like a wedge in Tilly's or an Abtisum, um, there's a lot of exciting combos because we know it can take sensors, and anything that can take sensors is ridiculous. But if we're running under the assumption that it can also take droids, then um, we don't know the dial. All we know is that it can make a, make a hard turn three. Uh, its dial is going to be LA jeans and Oakland booty. It's yeah. going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, if they have any problems, though, I mean, they can always encrypt, equip an R2 unit, right? So this thing could theoretically never have stress so long as it moves two or less. And it will. Get, and if you want to do it right, it can push the limit, right, before uh-huh. it takes a move with advanced sensors and then clear all of its stress and not even care about bumping. You're absolutely right about those combinations on the Astromech, and I'm very insane. excited about that. It sounds yeah. insane. There's just so many things that it can do. Um, and if it has a a great dial, and I'm 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 banking it does. I'm banking it's it's somewhere close to the A wing. It's supposed to be uh, A wings of maneuverability with X wing durability, right? Yeah, I I think it's going to be in that ballpark. Uh, I mean R two D two. If it has like six greens already. Yes. Huge. I mean, or R two or R two F two. R two F two. You got four. If you push the limit in advanced sensors, oh, oh, it's all dirty. Yeah. I've got. Oh man, I, I was talking to Greg earlier. I, I there's a combo I want to do with the E wing. So one of the cards in the Z ninety five is the decoy, and I'm pretty sure what it lets you do is switch your defense with another pilot from at range one. Whoa! So okay, you, you put <laughs> you put R two F two on an E wing and give it stealth, and it's at five defense. And then you give it to Biggs. Oh! And then you run Biggs with R two D two. So he's not going to take much damage, and and depending on how they word it, if but you're I, almost you're locked at uh, you can you're almost locked at uh, three rebel ships at that point, right? Well, you have 30 points left. So, you know... <laughs> Not if we have Z-95s. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like you could have a couple more ships in there. So, uh, with missiles. Uh, and then, yeah. So, it's there's some crazy stuff that Decoy that sounds incredible. Decoy does sound really interesting to me. I mean, the combinations for that become almost limitless. I mean, think about what that does to the tank shuttle we spoke earlier and mentioned that we weren't sure if the concept of the tank shuttle was there yet think about what decoy does for that situation Uh, being um, able to take an elite pilot talent that can switch out the agility of a tie fighter for example with the shuttle's agility and let that shuttle dodge at that high agility with rebel captive with sensor jammer Good luck hitting and killing that thing. Yeah, I mean, you put it on, put decoy on like a black squadron, and you're you're good. Yep. 
And then you're not even talking about a lot of points. You're not losing ships to do that. No. That's taking a squad because the shuttle with mini swarm, some of them being of various types of elite pilots, there's a lot of options there. Yeah. Um, that already exists. That concept is already tried and true. Now let's take that shuttle and make it even more of an anchor ship and more of a powerhouse by being able to trade out those agilities. It seems like an incredibly strong upgrade. Yeah. So, so it seems like uh, there's going to be... Uh, with the E-Wing, we we also know another upgrade that's coming out soon that I think is going to just... Uh, Basically, we can wave R5K6 goodbye because R7T1 is in Mm. town. And that is (laughs) the new super-duper droid. I'm so excited for droids to be good again. Now let's talk about, clarify what this does for the sake of this conversation. This is a droid that allows you to, if someone is in your firing arc, you may take a target lock on them as an action and then perform a boost, correct? Yep. If an enemy ship at range 1 or if you are inside their arc, not vice versa. Ah, I see. Okay. So you could be facing sideways, like, say, in what everybody's talking about with Dutch... Dutch has got ion cannon, right? So Dutch doesn't care what way he's facing. He could be facing sideways, boost out of an arc, and give somebody a target lock and get a target lock. Oh, wow. And it just says you may perform a free boost action. It doesn't doesn't say you have to have, you know, engine or anything. It just lets you boost. I don't understand how or what R7, if R7's just got nitro built in it or something, but apparently it works. For three points. Yeah, for three points. Wow, that's what's going to be my next question, is I didn't know the point cost. Three points, I mean... It's an expensive astromech. That's on the high end of cost for astromechs, but wow. Put that on Dutch. But you get get a boost and a lock, you know. Yeah, two actions, no stress. Boost is incredible on turret ships. Yeah. Do you uh, know any of the other uh, upgrades and what they might do? I want to know what the base R7 is going to do. I I couldn't see that. Um, you got to get a better enhanced yeah, tool. Yeah, uh, I know. Do do we know any of the other upgrades, Scott? Have you uh, worked your magic on those? Let's see. There's some other ones. Let me um, let me look here. Uh, let's see. The wingman. I think you're you're actually getting. Um, you get a stress token, and I think you give like a friendly ship, maybe an extra attack die or something like that. Cool. Um, it might be something similar to like Jan's ability. Only, I think you have to be within range one. But I still, you know, that's not bad. Yeah, you know, if, I, I'm wondering about if if the Z95s, if the lower, if the Tala Squadron has a. Um, elite pilot talent if you can like make kind of like a mini swarm with a bunch of wing, you know a bunch of these guys as wingman giving that'd each be kind of cool giving each other you know extra attack dice you know if you get five you can get five or six ships in you know <laughs> that would be pretty nice it is some pretty cool because i'm an imperial fanboy that sounds <laughs> fun what is that specifically geared towards is that another elite pilot talent yeah no, I mean probably. that could be nice on black squadrons. You yep, know? exactly. Low PS or lower point cost for the elite pilot talent, so you can have more ships. Add the extra attack dice from everybody. That's really interesting. Any other interesting uh, uh, cards that we've uh, f- you figured out, Scott? Um, let's see. 
what else do I have on here? Um, the for the Phantom Fletch it torpedoes. Yeah, you get is that, uh, does that come those in E-wings right on top. Where does the Fletcher come in? It comes with the E-wing. And this is also in the the transport uh, that's coming. Um, do so we know we'll what have, the Fletchets are going to do? Yeah, they they're three attack dice and they're okay. range two to three. Okay. You discard the card and spend your lock and to perform this attack. After performing this attack, the defender receives one stress token if their whole value is four or lower. Ooh, that's hit or miss. And it's two points. Ooh. But they so only you, cost two? Yeah. Yes. It costs Excuse two. me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's incredible. So it's Eric, another Y Wing. It's a good Y Wing card. It's also a great uh, that twelve point Z ninety five, that's not a hundred points. Your Z ninety fives could be carrying those. Well that's the Z ninety five secondary weapons, not torpedoes. They, yeah. Oh yeah, my bad. See true, the, but Y wings. I like it with the Y wings because you can pair them with ion cannons. You stress them out, and then you ion them, and you keep them stressed. Yeah, nice. Uh, or you know, you. For, it's a good for, counter to push the limit because everything runs push the limit right now. For bomber builds, you know, now you have, you know, two cheap. You have a cheap missile and a cheap torpedo. You can you can actually start packing out ordnance. You know, yeah, because you could do for five points a Fletchet torpedo and a uh, and a Magpulse missile. Yeah. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so you get you now that the the bombers are going to be able to have a a little more variety in what they can they can take with them. Well, if you think about uh, fire sprays as well, if they take the Slave One title, have an option to use that in their arsenals. Oh yeah, and you spend two points on those all the time <laughs> doing things like seismic charges. So there's another two point option for those. Yeah, Could get any three points are good. I mean, I like that with Kath double stress you. You know, oh yeah, nice. Ooh, that's good. It's a guaranteed stress, and then you can ride marksmanship for crits if you like. That's good. Well, those are the two uh, rebels that are coming out. Uh, Greg, uh, it's time. I want you to you know. Hold on to your chair so you don't jump out of it. Uh, we're about to talk about the Imperial editions. Uh, uh, we have uh, the TIE Phantom that looks like uh, a big triangle ship, I suppose. I don't know. Um, yes. It looks it, like a slightly modified interceptor. It almost. is, and let's get let's let's pause for a second here because we're about to break something in the game, possibly four attack dice. I'm gonna say that one more time because I didn't I didn't misspeak. Four attack dice. You know what? Let's ones. just talk about let's just talk about that for a second because the four, what does the base four, four attack, attack dice, dice do? To, yeah, I, let's just talk about that for a second on the odds into things. I know none of us are statistic junkies. I think Scott's um, friends with sums though. <laughs> but, well, and there's certainly some in the community <laughs> like that a, will hear this and think about it and have probably already thought about it. But I, I'm curious as to what that is going to do to game balance overall, because here you have a ship that's also ringing in at 25 points. It's a quarter of your army. It's not necessarily painful to splash that kind of ship into you, into any list, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and four attack dice can be a game changer. That I mean, if you get in range big, one, you're talking about five attack dice. That's a, a big, big deal. Yeah, it's a very that's big an, gun. That's an APT every time you're in range one, just from your attack, no matter what. Yeah. Minus the focus business, but still. How is that going to change? Like, I, I really expect the Phantom to be the thing that gets played more than even the TIE Defender. 
I think the the Phantom is the thing I am actually the most excited about because of the new action that we're dealing with as well. Um, this, 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 the, 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 cloak. the cloaking. I think cloaking I know what the cloak is going to do. Oh yeah, what 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 I, what do you think? I, I don't know for sure, but I think what's going to happen is when you cloak, you're going to switch your attack and defense values. That'd be kind of cool. Because right now the Phantom's big weak weakness that is it's two agility. Is it's two agilities to to just kind of finish out the stats? It was four attack, two agility, two hole, two shields. True. It, uh, so you think it's going to switch? Um, so that would give it an agility four. Yes. Okay. Uh, I wonder about uh, like how that cloak action like even works. Like how do you decloak? Like does it is it a one turn thing? It sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. There's. I mean, I could see in the in the thing. There's like a whole extra card for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't token. had a chance to really like zoom in on that, and I have a feeling. In this first one, they they gave us more cards about the rebels. I think they're going to do a second, you know, uh, you know, announcement. A second announcements and give us some more details on the on the imperial side. Do you have any secret enhancements on the uh, on the phantom? Um, I haven't done any yet. Um, the only thing I know is the there's the Stygian particle accelerator. Uh huh. It's a modification. Mm-hmm. Um. When you either decloak or perform the cloak action, you may perform a free evade action. And it's That's not two, bad. Two points. That's, um, that is not bad. Although it's uh, for even the, the nice thing to remember is that that's more expensive than Millennium Falcon that uh, gives you the evade uh, icon. Yeah, but this is like you're you're basically getting two actions out of this. You're cloaking True, exactly. Or, and, and you it get comes in for free. At yeah. 25 points, this does represent a very easy, very powerful glass cannon to put into a rebel, into a, not a rebel, an imperial arsenal. Mm-hmm. Greg, uh, what do you what do you want to do with this ship? My big interest in this ship is again finding ways to protect it. I've thought about combining <laughs> just, it. Yeah, I just want to make my little baby happy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's. So the hard thing becomes is that the people that do the best protection on the Imperial side aren't really good for the point. So you have to protect this with something like large ships that can get in the way. The Almost cagey. treat this like an interceptor addition to your squad. Except um, it doesn't I'm not have sure a the boost. Although you could get, uh, I bet you you could get uh, engine upgrade and push limit and turn it into an interceptor and just keep it from getting shot. Exactly. Keep it out of art, keep it at a very high attack die sort of a pain flanking ship and then anchor it down with a decent mini swarm or a couple of large ships and have it be the large ship's flanker standing in place of that commonly used uh, saber squadron with PTL. Mm -hmm. So the last ship that's coming out is the TIE Defender. Um, It is the giant hexagon of doom. Um, It uh, is three attack dice, three agility, three hull, three shields, all business. Um, thing's even got a cannon slot, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yep. Yes. Oh, God. Thing can run around with heavy laser cannon for funsies. Um, yes. What do, you, I, what do we think about this ship? Uh, for for PS1, I think it's 30 points, isn't it? 
Yep. That's my biggest problem with this ship right now. I love the idea of it, but I just... It's almost... I Sometimes I feel it's the same way with the E-Wing on the other side. What I feel like we have in this expansion, and maybe we just don't understand the combinations yet, but what I feel like we have is two ships that are awesome additions to the fleet, and then we have two ships that seem like these dangerous holes for points to fall into. Um... The TIE Defender seems exciting, but it's so expensive, and it covers uh, such a large portion of the it, Imperial Army at that cost. It's going to be your your main ship, and you're going to run a mini swarm with it, is how I see the TIE Defender being yeah, I run. Mean, for, the, for the points, it's almost a bounty hunter. Yeah, it, and... Yeah. Exactly, it's gonna be it's gonna be bounty hunter esque, and you know, we don't know what their the unique pilots' abilities are gonna be. Um, and that's gonna be the game changer in their point. Yeah, value as well, not just opinion. that. Uh, we uh, well, we can play a quick game. Uh, they mentioned a new maneuver never before seen in X Wing. Um, so we're gonna play a quick game here, Greg. What do you think the maneuver is? Um, if we're ta- are we talking on dial maneuver? Is that the implication? Here, it says or? a new maneuver never before seen, um, never before seen in X wing or something along those lines. Well, yeah. I'm assuming it doesn't come with a new measurement stick, so it has to be allowable within that. So we'd have to be talking about something like a one K turn, I guess. So uh, you're thinking one like. K turn? Yeah. Scott, what do you think it is? I'm thinking it's going to probably be a K turn that isn't red. That would be um, ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> Imagine if it could do like a four or five white K turn. I'm not going to lie, that would make that point value seem a lot harder or a lot uh, easier to spend. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, just because I think it would be funny, I want to see a... Um, a one... or, or a, a three or two bank K turn. I just think it'd be fun, you know, like uh, K turn on a bank. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, be I don't know. Crazy. Like, I don't know what it's gonna be, but uh, I I really do think that if the defender's gonna work, because I mean you're having to compare it to a bounty hunter, and that's, I mean, I I personally prefer um, the shuttle to the fire spray most of the time. But the Bounty Hunter, point for points, probably one of the best ships in the game. And you're, you're, you're having to beat a Bounty Hunter with a ship that only has, you know, six hit points. I mean, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little hard. So that was our Wave 4 um, preview. Um, we're all really excited. Um, talking about stuff we've been doing, though... Um, there is a tournament. Uh, last time we mentioned Vassal, the online um, the online tabletop that uh, many X-Wing players play um, X-Wing on internationally. Um, right now is a tournament uh, going on run by Theorist. Um, I signed up to play, and uh, Greg signed up to play, and Scott signed up to play. And now we're in some elimination rounds. And uh, uh, how are you guys doing in uh, in the Hilo tourney? <laughs> Bastard. Um, <laughs> uh, I lost last round. We would have played each other too. We we missed out on an excellent opportunity 
to, to, to entertain the people, and you just couldn't pull it out. Yeah, I well, you know, I didn't really want to embarrass you. No, so but uh, I, but I, uh, how many? But you ended up going uh, three and two, right? Yeah. Oh, that's that's not too bad. Winning record. That's respectable, huh? Yeah, hey, Greg, yeah. how'd you do? I feel like I feel like we're gonna poke the bear again. Um, <laughs> how'd you do, Greg? As, as as we've talked about, I believe before, I skunked it out in this tournament utterly. Oh, oh, uh, so, so so you lost yeah. all of your rounds? I did lose every single okay. round. Uh, was, what uh, uh, what are brutal. what are you flying right now? Uh, well, for the high-low tournament, I flew actually the exact same thing you are flying. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we forgot to mention me. I'm still alive. I haven't lost yet. Hmm. Oh, thanks, guys. If, you know, sometimes I don't want to <laughs> talk about myself. You know, uh, when's I don't that? Wanna... When are those times? <laughs> yeah, when exactly? is that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually uh, just finished my uh, game today, and um, I had, I'm not going to lie... I kind of feel bad because I had the luckiest, like, I had the two luckiest crits I could have ever pulled. You you did a full Richard? Yeah, I did a, I pulled the full Richard. I was, I was down, I was probably going to lose, and then I killed an ion cannon on a hawk, and I uh, pulled a direct hit on Luke. I went, I basically killed Luke in a round, and it was the only way I was going to win, and of course I ended up doing it because, um... Wow. The for I, I I have the force and the force loves me. Um, it can do that, yeah. and it loves me. You do have some fantastic luck sometimes. You know, it's it's what they say is that saying. Uh, God protects uh, fools, drunks, and small children. I've uh, you guys. Um, <laughs> 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 you guys checked out any of the uh, the uh, more interesting games? Uh, this go around, uh, kinetic operator versus Muon was really good, and so was uh, Sozin versus uh, Paul Heaver. Oh yeah, I I didn't see either of those. What? How did um, Paul and and Sozin do? Theirs was a Sozin. I think eventually he, he he pulls it. He pulled it out, but it was really neck and neck for most of the game. Sozin actually is doing. Um, I'm really kind of impressed with the uh, new uh, video cast he's been doing. He did. Uh, Years and was and Decrier's uh, last uh, last round. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I liked it. I liked yeah, it. I, I hope he... he does more of those. He's a really Lyle's really uh, smart when it comes to X Wing. He's a better player than I am. I know that. So I really appreciate him doing stuff like that. Yeah, that was good. Um, I liked I liked his commentary. What do you guys think of the uh, the new? Now that we've gotten, now that we're pretty far in to the Hilo tournament, what do you guys think about it? My I, I thought it was a really interesting concept as far as it went out, um, and I, I think I'm going to be slightly negative about Hilo, and it's not just because I lost, but I, I think we've touched on this you know, before, one, and one it's might that during that. normal rounds, I sort of lost interest in that Game 3, even some of the Game 2 situations I wasn't all that excited about, because I was seeing squads that were strong squads pair up against squads that I felt like were clearly going to be at a disadvantage. It, and it's something that can happen when you start pairing winners with the people that lose, and then when you get another consistent winner with a consistent loser, the games aren't as exciting. But now that finals have rolled around, I mean, it's the same old sort of elimination X-Wing. I, I think my biggest bit is I like elimination-based X-Wing. Well, to explain kind of what the new Hilo tournament is, normal tournaments are Swiss, and theorists had the idea to try and make the third round of of the tournament the most important so everyone would be at least theoretically 
um, still in contention to win the entire tournament. So he decided to place winners against losers in every round after round two. Um, so that's kind of the difference uh, from Swiss. Um, there were 74 players, I believe that's correct. Um, yeah, there was, there was a lot of... There's a lot of players for this one. I think it was 74. Scott, you've ran the last three uh, Vassal tournaments uh, before this one. Uh, how do you, So you're actually probably one of the better people to talk to about this. How do you like Hilo compared to Swiss, and what did you think about the tournament in general so far? Oh, I, I think um, the the idea behind the Hilo and, and how it fixes the problem with Swiss. One of the... One, one of the main problems with Swiss is that if you lose your first round, um, it can most of the time it means that you're not going to make it into the um, uh, elimination rounds, and so that was that was the goal behind the high low. Um, I, I liked I liked the idea uh, of high low, um, but. Uh, there were certain things about it that just didn't work for me, and and they're kind of basically the same things that Greg pointed out. And this this is, I think, the one of the problems with it. The other problem with with the, the way the high low works is it has fewer um, uh, standard rounds before you jump into elimination play. Mm-hmm. So in this tournament, there was only three regular rounds, but you know, sixty percent of the the players make it to elimination. So you had like a top sixty four ish, you know, th- and then it went down to thirty two, and then it'll keep breaking down by by half. Um, so I, I I didn't like that as much because there's that that left fewer rounds for people to play um, before we got to elimination. I also didn't like that it it doesn't build as much, and it yeah, could be, I, I felt the same way. This is, you know, uh, this is just my my feelings about it. Um, it's not uh, it's not anything against theorists or 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 I think the idea was worth trying. No, I, I think know. we all know that we all love we all love Jeff. He's probably one of the smartest sex wing minds in in the, in game, the game right now. Yeah, yeah. period. Um, but, I don't know how many lists we've all stolen from him. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I know I, that's true. I often ask Jess, you know, Jeff for advice for for things. He's 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 really a sharp guy. Um, the the problems with Hilo, I think, are less technical and more like it just doesn't feel very right. Yeah, it's the not, buzz is the buzz is off. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't build tension. It, in in fact, it kind of. Um, because you're getting matched high to low, it's actually making that those first few rounds kind of muddy. Could, so here's eye. a here's a curiosity I have in that regard. As far as the building tension is concerned, do you think part of that may have been also the long time in between rounds for this tournament? I was actually just about to ask that. Um, th- right. I, I think that might even be more a symptom of that than high-low in its base nature. Because if you think about the larger amount of elimination rounds, you're spending... 
a good amount of time being rather excited about those elimination rounds. I mean, it's a very intense situation. You play off, and that's all of it. You're in or you're out. If you win or you lose, you know. So that's very interesting at that point. And with only three rounds of normal play, those sort of bo- more boring matchups from the wins and the losses aren't aren't that bad if you get through them quicker. The, the problem I have with it is that there's only three rounds before you cut to the elimination rounds. There's no... You're almost... Most people are guaranteed to make it to the elimination rounds. So there is really a lot of tension building until you get there. Where in in Swiss, you know, as you're getting to the later rounds and you're wondering if you're even going to qualify, there's definite nail-biters. You're looking at other people and, like, where they're at, you know, what's their score. If that person loses, then maybe I make it in, you know. A lot of tension is in round three and four. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, there there is that point to it. and But Swiss has its, its problems as well. Well, kind of uh, going from one tournament to another, it is officially store championship season. Um, Greg and I's uh, uh, store championship kicked off uh, what we think was the first store championship in uh, the United States on the 8th of February. It was uh, the beginning of the Farmageddon Tour, and we had the Kansas City... Oh gosh, I can I can barely get through this. I'm so angry. Uh, the Kansas City portion of Farmageddon, yes, we uh, we had uh, Omaha, uh, Des Moines, and Kansas City all come down to Game Cafe, and um, Aaron uh, Bonner. Um, is it Bonner or is it Bonner? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's Bonner, but I don't know. Kinetic sure. Operator is uh, what he's uh, known on the Galactic Holonet. He came. The Rebel yeah. Convoy Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Rebel Convoy Man. He yes, came, he, he saw, he conquered Kansas City, and I am just... I'm livid. I am so mad about that. I came in fourth. It was awful. Yeah, I'm fired up too, man. I'm ready for a taste of revenge. Um, but all of our disappointment and the crushing bitter taste that is in Kansas City's mouth that is so right bitter. now... Uh, as far as X-Wing is concerned and other, you know, competitive events that we won't mention in polite company. <laughs> We're not talking about them until next year. Um, but the the tournament itself had a fantastic turnout, and I think we should really people. thank everybody. Uh, aside from hating the Omaha guys for beating us, we should really thank them for coming down and making our tournament as big as it was. So a big uh, thumbs up to them on that end of things. And you know, we're going to we're going to go to Omaha and we're going to we're going to we're going to take that store championship. We're going to rip it out of their hearts. It's going to be awful. Scott, are you are you getting uh, psyched for yours? Um I am. I but I, I don't think we're going to have that same kind of turnout. Um I I I would I would be stoked if we got that kind of turnout, but I I don't see it happening unless Unless people fly in from all over, like Richard. Well, we does. had, uh, yeah, we had Richard fly in. He he did pretty we did. well. Uh, you know, you actually have uh, quite a few good players up there. Uh, like Richard's one, David's one. I know Jonathan is off, also a very good player. Clearly, um, so you guys have. Uh, There's at a least couple a other guys that are really base, good yeah. too. So 
Yeah, there there is a pretty good player base, but it's not um, it's not like Omaha where we've got a regular group of twenty. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Plus. You know, that's uh, just. That's I realize really their good. Facebook uh, group only has about like twenty six or seven people, so they're all. It's not like our Facebook group that has like fifty, sixty people, but like only ten of us are active. They've got twenty three or twenty four active people who are all in, and not even like one or two mildly active. It's ridiculous. Yeah, their percentage of active players and involved players is very high. Now, I I think we should talk about for a little bit because something that Scott just said makes it pop into my mind and the fact that he doesn't think his store championships are going to have those kinds of turnouts. And here we are talking about making at least two uh, Midwest store championships have decent-sized turnouts. We're talking at least 30 players um, because the Omaha situation is going to be just as big because we plan on traveling to go uh-huh. take another we opportunity, gotta, take we, another piece out of them. <laughs> We've um, got to go take their turn. we got to go take their title. But can we can we make a mention for community building and ask a question about why this tournament became so big? What happened? Because yeah, while those uh, Omaha guys can account for some of those people, Kansas City had a decent turnout as well. Mm-hmm. We made that a good tournament. Oh yeah, what it was mostly here? Kansas City people still. What happened here that made that happen? Well, um, I would say communication. Just reaching out to whoever you know in the near in, in the area and trying to make them aware and encourage them to I don't know play X-Wing with you I mean like like hey we like this really awesome game we're really close you should come by and the I mean the at least with the Omaha guys and uh, the Des Moines guys because we had people uh, from Des Moines that I don't think even knew Hothi and they they came down which is pretty cool. It's just advertising and just trying to like you know promote what is an awesome game that you know that you love. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal is uh, spreading that message out there and making sure everybody knows when things are happening. So if you want your store tournament to be big and awesome talk to people about it in advance and you never know what might happen you know here we are in the midwest between kansas city and omaha it's not like we're out in farm country necessarily but now we're still calling it farmageddon true but they're not necessarily <laughs> close to us you know it's not an hour drive from another city they're talking about a you know spending a few hours in the car to come over here and play x-wing with us so that's some serious commitment you never know what you might find out there and you just got to get the word out for your store championships. Make sure people know they're happening. Scott, you're known as a well, like you're a world class community builder, considering you got uh, both Fassel, uh t- tournaments off the ground and running into you know huge, huge successes. Really, when it comes to player turnout, uh, what do you try and do? Um, well, th- there's a few different stores in, in my area. I'm going to try and get see if I can get all the players from the different groups to, to the different store championships um, and see if we can build that way. And and then there's there's a good X-Wing group up in Seattle. Um, I'm going to try and reach out to them to see if maybe we can have some, you know, um, Pacific Northwest showdown between the Seattle groups and the and the Portland groups, you know. You got to represent right. scum and villainy for us, Scott. You exactly. One. Yeah. I'll try. I'll well, do my the best. relationship between Seattle and Portland isn't all that different than our relationship here between Kansas City and Omaha. Yeah. Um, so you're 
you can get guys to travel that. It's it's shown. It happens. Yeah, you I mean, it's a few hours. You can get a guy from Seattle to fly to the Midwest to just play an X-Wing game <laughs> and drink beers with us. That was pretty fun. It was That's a good time. Cool. We enjoyed ourselves. Uh, so thanks, Richard, if you're listening, for coming down. We had a lot of, bl- we had a lot of fun with you. But uh, I still hope Scott beats you. Yeah. I got I, I to represent the crew here. So. <laughs> he, he did fly all the way down just to play me and, and lose in the third round. I felt awful. Uh, Although I did uh, tell him he was going to be sleeping in the snow if he, if he beat me. <laughs> I don't know if that was intimidation or not, but I know he's in the military, so I probably doubt it that he was. Yeah, you leveraged your couch. <laughs> he's, he's probably slept on the floor more than a few times. Yeah. Um. All right. So um, now we're gonna try and we had some. Uh, we asked for squad submissions at the end of our last episode, and. Um, because of I think our the three of our undying love for the alabaster space uh, manatee um, <laughs> that uh, everybody just started uh, sending in just shuttle squads after shuttle squads and uh, since we kind of saw a theme we decided we would pick uh, our three favorite uh, sh- submitted shuttle squads and talk about them um, the three squads we chose, um, I think we'll have each of us present one and what we like and dislike, and then we can talk about, uh, you know, how we might counter that or, you know, the weaknesses that we might see or the strengths that we might see and how we might change, uh, the specific squads. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just go in the order that these were presented to me. Scott, I'm gonna start with you, um, tell me about, uh... Tell me uh, the the squad name, where you found it, and uh, what you like about it. Um, so the squad that I have is is called um, Force Choke, um, and this was um, presented by a, a friend of mine. He he goes online by Veldrin. He's he's up in he, I think he's in Norway. He was part of the or, or Sweden. I'm not sure, but I think he's in. Yeah, he went to Worlds. I, I met him there. Um, so the squad is... Uh, it's a Omicron group pilot with Vader and anti-pursuit lasers. Um, two Gamma Squadron pilots with proton bombs. And two Black Squadron pilots. Okay. Um, so... That's interesting. I uh, You know I love everything with the Vader crew, so... Yeah, so I, I I I end up playing him on Vassal with against this list. Um, I'm not sure I would put anti pursuit lasers on the Doom shuttle. Well, it's because uh, it's a shuttle doomed to die, right? Yeah, it's it's two points um, that you're going to give the enemy. Yeah, um, I, so I and with those two points, you could put you know draw their fire on the two Black Squadron pilots if you want it to help, help keep the Gammas a little more um, a little better but it, the, to me this squad seems like it's got a lot of good pieces but I don't know if they work together well like I like the Gamma Squadrons being able to um, get in front of the the shuttle and kind of slow play it because they can do that one forward and really um, kind of corral the, the, 
the space cow back until... So you're purposely <laughs> delaying it cow. intentionally, yes. <laughs> so, you know, that part I, I like. The proton bombs, you know, I, I get landing crits. crits That's going to be really helpful with a lot of the two-hole ships that are coming out, too. Yeah. But, One lucky direct hit and that ship's dead. But the Gamma Squadrons are probably the worst ship to for for those because they're pilot skill two. So no, no they, gammas are four fours. Uh, scimitars are two. Oh, he has gammas down here. Okay, yeah. Sim, I thought it was going to be um. Huh. Uh, maybe he has that wrong. Or uh, anyway, when I played him, he was running scimitars. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so it was. Because scimitars are the same as as the yeah, they're pilot hills too. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just not sure about this squad. It, it needs a it needs some work uh, for me. What would you suggest doing? Mm, I, I'm not sure. I think it, it doesn't have a lot of punch, other than the the Vader shuttle. Um, it, it needs something else that can help strip shields before um, before the shuttle goes. Uh, Taking a quick look, I mean, theoretically, you could turn the two black squadrons into an academy and backstabber, couldn't you? Is that, it, does that does my math work right on that? Like uh, you subtract yeah. four out? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Sixteen and twelve is yeah. It's the same as the. You also get a nice PS bump with with backstabber and a blocker. Kinda, yeah. I, that was the one I thought of off the top of my head. I don't. I agree with you. I don't like any pursuit lasers, but I don't know where the two points go exactly. You could put in Howlrunner. You know. Yep. Hey, that's possible. So yeah. Uh, so that's this. This list seems like it's it's got some interesting pieces. I'm not sure how well they they go together to to really make it for me. Um, it, it need this. This is a. a a squad I would kind of like start over with or, or um, start looking at other pieces. Um, Keep the core concept but maybe do some heavy reworking yeah. on Synergy. Yeah, exactly, because the, the pieces aren't, aren't it's, not, it's not lining up for me. Yeah, when it comes to Imperials, it's not necessarily synergy. Like, you know, with with Rebels, you're trying to get everybody with two actions. Like, that's Rebel synergy. But with Imperials, it's just like you have building blocks, and you need the blocks to fit each other. Yes. Yeah, these guys, I don't don't feel like it's supporting... You're not supporting the shuttle, and you're not also supporting the, the bombers. You know, it's like, it's... It's and in my opinion, on that note, when you build Imperial squads, it, it's kind of like Richard just said, the synergy works a little bit differently. It's nice to have some kind of foundationally supported piece. That that piece is sort of your keystone. And a lot of times in the shuttle TIE Swarm or shuttle and support lists, you need somebody out there that is a badass other than the shuttle. Especially shot. when you have a Doom shuttle. Yep. Well, Greg, um, you uh, have a squad that uh, you uh, uh, thought uh, you wanted to get checked out. Uh, Tell me the name of the squad, if you have one, um, where you found it, and um, and, uh, tell me all about it. What, what, what What are you running? Well, speaking of having anchors in your squads, a squad I have sort of 
deals with that in a good way, in my opinion. Uh, this squad is called Scum Transport. It's on Team Covenant. It was submitted by a person named Josh Adams. Mm-hmm. It consists of four Academy TIE Fighters. Howl Runner and the Oh My God Shuttle <laughs> with uh, Advanced <laughs> Sensors. Advanced Sensors, HLC, and Rebel Captive. All right. Now, what I like about this list is that this list has two solid anchors and two solid targets to deal with. You have Howlrunner with support TIE Fighters, which everybody that plays this game knows is always a problem. Mm-hmm. Even Howlrunner naked, even with Academy TIE Fighters, it, it really just doesn't matter. It's always irritating to deal with. I and think Howlrunner's a better Biggs than Biggs is. Almost, yeah, because everybody's going to target her if they can, and they'll take bad shots on her when they could take better shots. It's it's a little more psychological than Biggs, but uh, it has a very similar effect. So then you have this Oh My God shuttle running around out there, and the only thing I don't like about this shuttle is advanced sensors, not engine. Um, I worry about this shuttle lasting long enough and turning around properly because uh, again we've discussed before with any shuttle other than the doom shuttle you really need a way to maneuver that thing back into the fight otherwise it almost becomes wasted points not because it gets destroyed but because you just never use it again you never fire with it sometimes there are advantages for that but i don't think when you have heavy laser cannon on something you want to lose its combat abilities you don't Uh, want to lose shots on it the argument could be made as well for that in support of it, that if you can fire the HLC twice, you've paid for the points, advanced sensors, make sure that you can stop the shuttle and still get a focus or a target lock as your choice. So it does have strengths. If people do shoot it, it's a huge pain. Yeah, that, uh, that thing's never going to be able to turn. If something gets behind it, though, with the engine, you might be screwed. And here's where my suggestions for the list come into play. Um... I don't like putting Rebel Captive on that shuttle, and here is why. You're basically forcing people to attack HAL Runner. I would rather make people make the choice between HAL Runner and a shuttle that can murder them. What would you do with those three extra points? I might even go so far as to drop advanced sensors as well, and instead run fire control systems and engine upgrade. Is that Does that match? Let's see here, fire control systems. Yeah, it's systems. three and three, so it's six points to work with. Fire yeah. control is two, two engine is four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can you can run that. Um, you still get your same sort of sensation of having actions even when you stop and delay the shuttle or bump it, things like that, because you can pick up that target lock after the first round. Scott, uh, do you have any thoughts on this one? Um, I, I kind of like where, where Greg's going with this. I think... I think he's right on the dropping rebel captive, so that uh, you, you really want you really want to give them a choice on what to shoot at, um, and you want that to be a difficult choice. Um, so I, I kind of like that. the The engine upgrade it, it's if if I'm not doing a doom shuttle, I, I pretty much always put engine on on the shuttle. Um, it makes it makes it really fast um, uh, yeah I, I like that um, the hard part for me is like I really like advanced sensors with the engine upgrade because then you can do the, the boost 135 degree turn yeah the boost and then the hard two um, so you're you know you're coming around and then the following turn you do the, the green and 
and you're good. But I'm not sure where I would, what I would drop at that point. Well, yeah, you're, lo- you're losing one point, so you're getting rid of Hellrunner at that point. Most that uh, that actually was going to be my suggestion. Was I've run this this almost this exact same squad before, and it is one of my favorite shuttles to run that I've ever run, and that's running Omicron sensors, heavy laser cannon, rebel captive engine, and five academy ties. You would be shocked how often people will fire at a range one academy tie instead of your shuttle. Yep. And if your shuttle does get fi- does get uh, fired at, you just go three forward and boost and just run away. And nothing can catch up to a, a shuttle that goes three forward and boosts except for like an A-wing. That's it, just a, such a fast ship. Yeah. It, it surprises people. They're not yeah, expecting yeah, it, it to be... Yeah, it flies like a really fat tie interceptor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's what it feels like when you fly it. I really like that squad. So, but I think uh, we all kind of agree that uh, I'm. I don't want to. You know, I, I'll beat this dead horse. I tend to not like to fly any non-doom shuttle without a engine. Yep. Um, yeah. the list that I found um, that was uh, pr- that was uh, brought to us by the forums. It has been. Uh, widely talked about on the forums and uh, I think the Brown Bomber posted this first although Racky Whistle uh, Whistle started this uh, started a thread on this uh, this uh, squad it's called the Scarlet Cowgirl it has Cath Scarlet with Expert Handling and Rebel Captive it has the Omicron Group Pilot with Fire Control System Gunner Intelligence Agent an engine upgrade, and two academy pilots. Um, its strength, to me, is that uh, Kath is your, you know, is the ship that you most probably want to kill in this list, and is the hardest one because expert handling on a large ship is incredible with how far you can move, and the Omicron group still has the ability to boost whenever it wants to because fire control system can be really really good in combination with gunner basically the idea being is you fire at something that is hard to hit miss and then gain target lock and fire at it again so uh and that way you have target lock on your second gunner shot um you guys have any thoughts on this list I do, actually. I wanted to chime in on the idea of expert handling, and one thing that I think you you didn't mention as well is the fact that this list has Intelligence Agent on it. Mm -hmm. Intelligence Agent works very well when things in your list have barrel roll. Mm -hmm. It allows you to plan for blocking in that sense. In fact, with boost and barrel roll is is really its only two uses. Mm -hmm. Um, so you've got academy ties in here that can feed off of that, and you've got a bounty hunter that moves late. So you have a lot of opportunities to work your way in and out of firing arcs or work your way into flight paths to cause loss of actions. It's a very interesting bit of Imperial synergy there. Scott? Um, yeah, I, I was looking at this. Um, one of the things that I have a hard time with with expert handling is is it makes your your slave one less effective in terms of its offense Mm -hmm. um the same with you know engine upgrade whenever you're doing 
uh, you know, you're not focusing or target locking your your attack dice go way down. Um, so I was wondering if there was a way to like squeeze out some points for your instead of the Omicron group pilot. Like drop- uh, so, so your, your thought process is that way that you can get the stress. Yeah, have your yeah. eat the stress um, from Kath so she can still do her flip and you know her her barrel roll and and your gets the stress. Um, I, I was thinking of dropping engine on it because engine with your is less useful because because he's the, not going to be able to take an action. Yeah, because of the stress. But I really like fire control system and gunner on your. I think that's like yours best um, uh, build out. Um, and then that gives you um, an extra point to play with, so you can actually. I don't know what you want to do with that extra point. Um, well, I mean, if if you've got an extra... This this list, is, this is actually something I was going to mention. This list is at 100 and has Academy Pilots. Theoretically, wouldn't you want initi- to try and guarantee initiative or at least roll for it when you have Academy Pilots? Um, the, the tricky thing with that, I, I see, is you're wanting uh, Cast Scarlet to be able to barrel roll with a lot of information. Yeah. And so you probably don't want the initiative for her. Um, but, you know, she's... She's on- a high pilot skill, though, so... Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, you, you almost want initiative for your academy ties to be able to do more interesting things because that's where that synergy from uh, intelligence agents comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's Dropping true. It, though. Um, that was actually... Yeah, would well, be that's mo- true, actually. That would, uh, oddly enough, uh, if you're going... I kind of go two ways with what I would suggest with this sort of list, a Kath Scarlet shuttle ties list. I would either suggest dropping Intelligence Agent for initiative. That way you would be able to have your initiative for... You can, maybe you're more likely to be able to block, although it seems like nowadays that for initiative people are going to 97 96 98 points which is just getting insane i jame i blame jake for this jake if you're listening uh jake yeah. uh, the gen con uh, uh national champion is it pischelmeyer is that how you pronounce it i hope you know what i hope i'm pronouncing it right or wrong because he screwed up initiative and everyone's now going we're going to see a 50 point list and it's all going to be jake's fault um <laughs> Um, anyway, so going for initiative I'm, is at, at 99 nowadays is not really that big of a bid. Um, my other thought um, would be, I've run this before, um, to do a cast Scarlet with just expert handling. Mm. And instead of doing the buzz shot, saw shuttle, which is the fire control system gunner and engine, change it to a doom shuttle. And then suddenly you have just enough points for a brand new Academy tie pilot, and you can have three ties instead of two. Hmm. Um, do you think the list works better with, say, five ties or a loaded shuttle and and uh, bound uh, and uh, and fire spray? Hmm. That's I. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
I tend I to I tend to feel naked whenever I fly less than four sh- or four ships or less when it comes to Imperials. I I really do as well, and especially because none of those ships have incredible defensive options, except for expert handling, maybe and yeah, and uh, engine. That's about what you're what you're the top end what you're looking at. I'd almost rather have recon specialists though, because I love that double focus on. Mm. The fire spray. Somebody said to me that every time you want uh, recon specialist, uh, you have rebel ca- you have rebel captive, and every time you want rebel captive, you have recon specialist. Really? Yeah. It's just you can't you can't win with those two. They're both awesome defensively. That's true. Do you guys yeah. have any more thoughts on uh, Scarlet Cowgirl? No, I think it's uh, that list seems pretty solid. It uh, does seem really solid. I might have to give it a try, see what it does. Do you guys... Uh, so, um, now that we've done, you know, this is... Uh, now that we've done uh, shuttles, I think that uh, the next uh, list that we want to see is, since Aces is coming out soon, and we talked about it last week, why don't we see uh, the best Imperial Aces, whether it be... Uh, ships, be upgrades, anything you want, so long as it involves a card from the Imperial Aces expanses, expansion. Send those in, and uh, we will talk about them on the podcast. Um, uh, well, that's it for today. Um, we will be on um, basically the next time that we have an opportunity to. We weren't expecting to do one so quickly, but Wave 4 dropped and the people want it, and when when the Galactic Holonet uh, calls us, when the galaxy, the, the galaxy calls us, we answer. And uh, so, yeah, we'll try and get uh, back on this as quickly as we possibly can. Um, I am Richard White, and for Greg Duncan and Scott Williams, this has been the Scum and Villainy Podcast. Thank you, guys.